Perak Tes, Mishnah Zayin, and Ches. So first of all, Perak Tes, Mishnah Zayin, ninth chapter, seventh Mishnah. Hamafrish Nekeva Lepischo. Someone who um, sets aside a female lamb for the Korban Pesach, which is invalid because the Korban Pesach had to be bought from a male uh, lamb. O Zohar, or it was a male, but Ben Shteishonim, it was two years old. And the Korban Pesach had to be brought from a male lamb, which was within its first year. So, what well, the uh, law is regarding that lamb is Yire Adshi Stoev, you let it graze until it um, develops a blemish, Vimacher, then it can be sold, Vyipludomov Linodova, and then you can use the money um, to, as uh, kind of as a free will gift to be used for other. Karbanot and other things towards temple service. Hamafrish Pisrov or Mace, someone who sets aside the Korban Pesach and then the owner dies. Lo Yevienu Veno Acharov Lashem Pesach. The son, who um, obviously has inheritance, it does not bring it afterwards, that animal, for the sake of a Korban Pesach, um, because that Korban Pesach is now invalid. And we're talking about a situation where the son himself uh, was not part of the group, because obviously if the son was part of the group, he could offer up the Korban Pesach for himself. But um, we're talking about where um, the father the, who passed away uh, was doing it for himself. Um, now, now this Korban Pesach is ownerless, uh, but nevertheless it's sanctified. So the son can't bring it afterwards as a paschal sacrifice, Ella l'shem shlomim, but rather it is brought as a peace offering um, at some later stage. And Perak Tes, Mishnah Ches, ninth chapter, eighth Mishnah. A Pesach Shinis Arev Bizvachin. If a carbon Pesach, this lamb that you're going to bring for your Paschal offering, inadvertently got mixed up with other carbonate, other offerings of different types. So, for example, you had three lambs, one of them was going to be used as the Korban Pesach, one of them was going to be used for a guilt offering, an Asham, and one was going to be used for a fully burnt offering, an Ola. And they all got mixed together. You can't just offer up one for the sake of uh, whatever it is, because that's not what it was designated for. So what we do in that scenario is, Kulon Yiru, all of them should graze, we graze them, Ad Shistavu, until they um, get a blemish and they're now no longer valid to be offered up for the temple use. Vimachru, you can sell, then you sell them. Vyavu bidme hayofeshabehem miminze. And then you bring from the one of the highest value uh, from this type, Uvidme hayofeshabehem miminze, and also um, with the uh, most expensive of them uh, for this type. Vyafsid hamosor mibeso, and the remainder, the extra, is lost from his house. In other words, let's say these three lambs are of different values. Um, so, we always have to assume the worst, which is that the one you're about to offer up is of the highest, of the one of the highest value. That the highest value one was the Pesach, or the highest value one was the Ola, or the highest value one was the Asham. So you basically have to buy three, these three animals um, graze until they get a blemish, so they're no longer valid. And then you have to sell them, but nevertheless, they may be of different values, and we have to assume that each one was of the highest value. So you have to buy three new sheep of um, the highest value, 
of all of them. So let's say one was worth 10, one was worth 8, and one was worth 7. So you have to buy 3 of 10. And whatever extra that you're paying up, which in this case, in the example I just gave, is 5 extra, um, that is just something that you, you lose uh, as a result of this uh, state of suffake, of this doubt. If, however, the Korban Pesach got mixed up with the firstborn animals, which had to be, the farmer had to bring as an offering to the temple. Now, here's a very interesting scenario because essentially the way that we sprinkle the blood or throw the blood of the firstborn offerings is the same as the Korban Pesach. So they have a lot of similarities. But as we're going to see, there are differences as well. In that scenario, Rabbi Shimon Omer, Rabbi Shimon says, and he deviates from the ruling we've just said above, that im chaburas koanim, if the group that were supposed to be eating this korban Pesach were kohanim, were priests, and it's only the priests that can eat from the firstborn offerings, then yochelu, they can eat it, they can pretend, they can eat both, um, and even though there was a mix-up, and even though you're not sure which one's the Korban Pesach and which one's the Bechar, um, since a Kohen is allowed to eat both, because, and because this is a group of Kohanim, they're allowed to eat the Becharas, and of course they're allowed to eat their own Korban Pesach. Um, and since the sprinkling of the blood of the, on the altar is the same for both, they can eat them, uh, they can eat them all, and, and you don't have to worry about it. However, this disagrees uh, with the general principle of our Mishnah, Primarily because the Chachamim here, the most majority of the sages disagreed with the opinion of Rabbi Shimon. Because there, is, there are differences between a Korban Pesach and the firstborn animal being, which was offered up. Firstborn animal which was offered up, you had uh, two nights and a day to be able to consume it. Whereas the Korban Pesach had to be eaten on that night. And therefore um, we don't start mixing different uh, sanctities together. And they're of the opinion, not like Rabbi Shimon, that even if it's a Korban Pesach that got mixed in with other firstborn offerings, and even if the group was a group of Kohanim, nevertheless, um, the ruling is that they should graze until they get a blemish, get sold, and then you uh, bring replacements with the value.